What's good, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast here on this weekend of Saturday, March the 19th, the year 2022 jam-packed show. Lots to do, lots to talk about. We will recap the opening weekend of March Madness on an episode on one, on a Tuesday show, so be on the lookout uh, for that. Uh, we will recap uh, the first, what, the first four days of the 2022 NCAA tournament come Tuesday show, so be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, outside of March Madness, there's a lot going on in sports with the NFL and MLB free agency with the lockout ending, of course, uh, last Thursday. Not this past Thursday, but of course, the uh, the Thursday prior to that. Uh, so you got free agency frenzy with the Major League Baseball and the NFL happening uh, at the same time with with uh, with free agency signings and trades happening all over the place and we'll be all over it uh, here on this uh, show on this uh, March afternoon. I'll also give you a couple, I'll give you uh, further my thoughts on Tom Brady coming back. We addressed it in the back end of the Selection Sunday show with the great Colin Russo. Uh, so if you have not listened to that show, go back and listen to it if you uh, if you may. I gave you my two cents as Brady announced his retirement late Sunday night and I gave you my two cents on that on uh, Sunday night uh, on Sunday's uh, show. Go back and listen to that on March the 13th. Uh, but we shall begin with uh, the latest news that broke and blew up the NFL and blew up the sports world. And that is that Deshaun Watson is now the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and is set to sign a five-year, $230 million contract uh, with the with the majority uh, with the majority of that con- of the full two hundred thirty million dollars of it being guaranteed, thus a first in the history of the National Football League, and this story when it broke is like an onion, and there's vat and there's various amounts of layers to this uh, to this news that transpired on Friday afternoon, and I'll go through it uh, bit by bit, piece by piece, item by item. First things first. Uh, let me uh, let me do the let me do the off the field stuff first, and then I'll get to the uh, the the contract signing and the and the trade when as far as football ramifications, and then we will uh, move on. But first, let me touch on like the real world aspect of of things with this Deshaun Watson trade here here to begin here at the top. Okay, first things first, and I heard, and I was on, and I've been on social media a bunch over the last couple of days with, with of course the free agency, uh, with the free agency signings all over the place with baseball and with the NFL and the NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament and everything else. So I've been on social media a bunch, and I saw over the last going on 24 hours or so that there was a lot of outrage and a lot of people screaming and yelling from the rooftops uh, about the Sean Watson and the fact that he you know misses a year got these 22 cases of civil plus the criminal uh, cases of uh, sexual misconduct and he misses a year and he and he gets traded to a new team after you know he was kicking and screaming one uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, the boy, boy genius decided to trade 
DeAndre Hopkins uh, to the uh, to the Arizona Cardinals for a bag of uh, for a bag of Cheetos. And he's been kicking and screaming essentially ever since about how he wants to get out of the Houston Texans uh, organization. Uh, so and he was kicking and screaming, and then all of a sudden, you know, last spring or whatever, these cases pop up, and then it's just been a complete mess with Deshaun Watson ever since. Let me touch on the media aspect of this of this first, okay? And I saw a lot of people screaming and yelling on Twitter saying, you know, this is a disgrace. You know, how could this happen? It's a joke. Uh, it's a joke. You know, how does, how does, you know, it's a disgrace that Deshaun Watson, you know, he gets traded. He gets a pay raise. It's a disgrace, you know. Women who women with these rape lawsuits are silenced. This, that, and the other, and there's just multiple layers to this, and I'll go through it one by one. Okay, first off, and I, I first off, I get it. I get it that it's a horrendous look. It's a terrible look for NFL teams and NFL front offices and NFL coaching staffs to overlook morals and character. Trying to trying to win football games, I get it. It's a slippery slope. It's a it's not it's a very it's a lot of gray areas involved in that. And you would like now, granted, you know, society and and the human race is not perfect. We're all flawed individuals in our own in our own uh, in our own in our own ways. But I get it. It's not a it's not the best look. It's not an endearing look. To have a starting quarterback of a football team with a checkered pass dealing with dealing with allegations of rape, so I get that. And in a perfect world, you know, should Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, get in the end get what he wants, and that's a trade, and to get a, a huge pay raise on the back of it, no. But we are a part of the human race, and since the fall of Adam and Eve, we've all have had our own areas of of uh, of shortcomings regardless whether it be rape whether it's the you name it we all have our shortcomings we're all human beings we're not perfect individuals but but there were a lot of people and a lot of them in the media that was screaming and yelling about it's a disgrace that Deshaun Watson essentially gets for what he wants i got allow me to retort on that Yes, it's a disgrace to a certain degree. You can argue, and I'm not here to argue whether or not Deshaun Watson's guilty or innocent. I, if you want my personal opinion on it, I think he falls right smack dab in the middle. If not, I think he falls right smack dab in the middle. I think it's a black mark and a blemish on him, the human being, and his uh, his persona, so to speak. For him to have 22 cases of sexual misconduct slash rape slash sexual assault against him. For that to be even associated with his name is a red flag in and of itself. A red flag. A red flag. No argument. Red flag. He should get suspended minimum half the season. Half the season. Minimum. With these, with with the fact that he, being a starting quarterback, a part of the Shield of the National Football League, 
was involved in, in something like this. Minimum, he should get eight games. Just for just for having, and people sit here screaming out about about people were screaming and yelling about five years ago or so about Ezekiel about Ezekiel Elliott, and I said the same thing then. I'll say the same thing now. Ezekiel Elliott, the fact that his name was in the conversation of sexual misconduct when you represent the National Football League as a professional athlete making millions of dollars, that is a de facto uh, role model to America's youth. And people that look up to you, you you got you got to send a message based on that alone. Based on that alone. So whether or not Deshaun Watson's guilty innocent, as far as what the National Football League is supposed to do, is irrelevant. Is irrelevant. Because because his name is in the conversation with these heinous acts, warrants and warrants a suspension in and of itself, on its own. That's the first thing. Second thing, for everybody that was kicking and screaming, well, you know, well, Deshaun, well, Deshaun Watson was proven innocent. Well, what's the big deal? First off, he was not proven innocent. Okay, the charges they the, the charges were not pursued. The charges were inevitably, you know, dropped or thrown out of court because of, not because Deshaun Watson's guilty and innocent, but because of the fact that there wasn't enough evidence to convict. Deshaun Watson of his of his uh, of his alleged actions. There's a difference. There's a difference between going to court, going through the trial, being proven innocent, than having the charges dropped or having it settled out of court or having a case thrown out of court because there wasn't enough evidence. Deshaun Watson and there's only a and there's only a, 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 a small group of people that really knows what went down. Deshaun Watson. The women that he that he that he acted upon and God, it's it. Those are the only individuals that 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 know the full whole truth of what went down. The women, Deshaun Watson, and the omnipresent Holy Spirit. That's it. That is it. I don't know. You listening don't know. The media doesn't knows. Nobody knows what truly went down outside of Watson. The the massage the massage therapist and God. That's it. Nobody nobody else really has a full clue. We weren't we weren't there. We didn't witness it. We don't know. And it was thrown out because of wasn't enough evidence. In football, what happens when they say a play on the field stands? Doesn't necessarily mean that the original ruling on the field was was uh, was correct, but there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the to overturn the ruling. Similar thing happened here. Not enough evidence to convict Deshaun Watson, or not enough evidence to further pursue Deshaun Watson for for rape charges. For whatever amount of reason. Evidence was evidence was destroyed. The uh, the the statute of limitations as far as providing evidence had had kind of it was passed by. Not enough witnesses to call to the stand. Whatever it might be. So just because Sean Watson is going to spend jail time, going to spend time behind bars, doesn't necessarily mean that he is fully innocent. Now I'm not saying he's fully guilty either. I'm just saying that he's not innocent. 
Because the fact that it's again his name and there was claims to his name and his livelihood, not his livelihood, but his name and his character was called into question with addressing the elements of rape. I, I, I can, I, especially, when, especially when it's 22 women with the civil suits and the, and the criminal lawsuits put together, I can't all of a sudden, you know, overlook that and oversee that and, and sweep it under the rug and throw it in the trash. How you doing? Keep it moving on to the next thing. I can't do that. One or two, five, four, you know, I, I'll grant you. If I can count it on one singular hand, one people, two people, three, four, five, and you want to throw out there and say that maybe they all conspired against them, fine. 22, two dozen people, I, 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 got, I, got, I got a hard time believing that. Myself, to be quite honest with you. Again, and I'm not... And I'm not playing judge, jury, and executioner here. All I'm saying is that he ain't he ain't you know innocent as far as the verdict hammer the hammer down with the with the judge. He's fully innocent. Innocent. His name is clear. The case was thrown out of court because of lack of evidence, which doesn't necessarily again show that Deshaun Watson was innocent. If anything, it shows that the women that that brought that 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 tried to try him in court with the rape allegations for the for the criminal for the criminal cases either did not have their story fully straight, didn't ha- didn't have their didn't have their story in their case button up, and or they had piss poor lawyers to prosecute Deshaun Watson. That's what it proves more than anything. That they didn't have they that they didn't have their eyes dotted and their T's crossed when it came to when it came to their cases and pursuing that Deshaun Watson uh, be be tried found guilty and go to jail, and or they had piss poor lawyers to 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 re- to represent these women. That's what that proves with Deshaun Watson's case being thrown out of court because of lack of evidence. That's what that proves. Their eyes. Either the eyes weren't dotted and the T's weren't crossed, or they had a piss poor lawyer. One of the two, if not both. Not necessarily Deshaun Watson didn't do anything wrong, and he's a free man. He's a free man on on, on from the case in point. They doesn't have to spend time in prison, but let's not act like that 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 Deshaun Watson, you know, is uh, is you know, fully innocent because he isn't. He's got 22 women claiming that he that he that he that he that he mistreated them in, in, in a sexual manner. Starting Quebec in the National Football League, that that's not something that that should be taken lightly or overlooked. This, this you know this isn't this isn't an assault and battery charge. Get, gets into a fight at a bar, stuff like that happens. This this isn't that. This isn't that. Very, very different and in dangerous territory. That's the first thing. Second thing, and I got sidetracked. Second thing with the media. You know, the media, and a lot of them are women, and there are plenty of the women at work at ESPN, FS1, NFL Network. They're screaming and yelling from the rooftops. This is a disgrace. And I'm not arguing or disputing that or saying that they're wrong under any, any circumstances. My issue is with this. A lot of them, not all, but a lot of them, spent hour upon hour 
upon hour upon hour, day after day after day after day after day after day after day, covering the playing the will they or won't they game, the playing playing trade machine with Deshaun Watson's whereabouts and the quote unquote Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as if as if teams are competing for a lottery. All right, like we don't like uh, uh, like especially essentially pushing away aside his legal transgressions and his legal charges. So about will Deshaun Watson go here? Will he be traded here? How much will it take for the for teams to give up Deshaun Watson? This, that, and the other. And a lot of them partook in those conversations. Why? Because it provided content on television. That's why. You got to be, if you're going to be taken seriously, and if you want to show me teeth and show me some guts about how much of what you, and again, not disagreeing, but if you want to go out there and say how much, how truly of a disgrace it is that Deshaun Watson essentially sat out a year, got these sexual misconduct charges against them, and got a pay raise, here's what you do. What you do not do, what you do not do, and if it's really about the 22 women that claim alleged that claim alleged sexual assault, sexual misconduct against Deshaun Watson, what you do not do, what you do not do, not necessarily talking about now, what you do not do in the months and in the year that has passed. It's spend hour upon hour upon hour, day after day after day, month upon month upon month, discussing Deshaun Watson's whereabouts. That you do not do. You don't do it. Here's what you do. You go to your TV executives and you go to the producers of these of these individual networks that work for these media companies. That's, e that's ESPN, that's FS1, that's the NFL Network. You go to them and you say, look, we got 22 women out there that say that this man essentially is a rapist. We do not, we are not going to go on our airwaves under our watch with us on national television in front of everybody. As a woman in the in the sports media industry and and discuss and and discuss uh, uh, trade possibilities with Deshaun Watson. That is what you do. You do not go on there and essentially play the media game of where Deshaun Watson will go. And then finally, the carousel finally comes to a screeching halt. We find out where Deshaun Watson goes. He ends up getting a pay raise and a brand new contract once the carousel has stopped. And all of a sudden, we go to Twitter and we scream and yell, about, and yell from the rooftops about how much it's, it's a disgrace. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't. You cannot sit up or on television and spend days upon hours upon months of discussing Deshaun Watson's whereabouts to get you through a day, a segment, an hour, two hours, three hours of live broadcasting. And then when the carousel finally stops, then kick and scream and scream and yell that 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 a team was willing to give up a, was willing to give up a, a king's ransom to get him. You cannot have it both ways like that. What you do is what you show me teeth and say, look, look, 
22 women out there, criminal and uncivil, trying to get money out of them, are claiming that this man acted inappropriately in their presence. We are not getting on television to talk about Deshaun Watson's whereabouts until the civil and these criminal lawsuits are taken care of, are made, are, are finalized. And a lot of them didn't have the guts to do that. I understand worrying about your job, do what you're told, this, that, and the other, but but things are more important than a, than a paycheck. Okay? Morals and character and being a good human being and being anti-rape is more important than collecting a paycheck. You want to show me teeth. You want to show me that you're really about business and really about change. You go to your boss's office Knock on the door, send an email privately have to and say, hey, I'm a woman, I got mothers, I got, if, they, if, they're, if they're parents, I got daughters, I got, set, I'm, listen, we're, got 22 women out there. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, 22 saying this man is an alleged rapist. We're not going on television and spending airtime talking, talking, talking about a man who's who's up for trial on whether or not he's on him being a uh, him being a rapist. We're not doing it. And if the TV executives and if the producers think otherwise and they disagree, they want to go on and air it anyway. Here's what you do: every single woman. That is whether you whether they work behind the scenes or on camera. That work for ESPN, FS1, NFL Network, and there's plenty of them out there, a lot of them. Here's what you do: if your bosses object, you stand you you stand up and say, "All right, screw you, I ain't working." Put your money where your mouth is. You don't collect the paycheck. You boycott work. You either boycott the shows. You don't show up the work in general. Or you strike and force them to, to not to not do the Sean Watson stuff. That is putting your money where your mouth is. Not going on there and talking about it ad infinitum to fill airtime. And then finally when the other shoe drops and you find out that, that a team was willing to go out there and stick the neck out to go get them. And all of a sudden get on Twitter and scream yourself and root touch about how much of a, of a disgrace it is. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot depend on Deshaun Watson and essentially use him for content and for TV airtime out of one side of your mouth and on the other side of your mouth screaming out on Twitter about how much of a disgrace it is. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot. And for every single one, again, I'm not disputing whether or not that they're right or wrong. And and I'm not arguing their points because making valid, excellent points. Carolyn Kaepernick kneels for the National Anthem out of a job Deshaun Watson, 22 cases against them. He finds a job and gets a pay raise. Both of them blacks who can't even play the race card on this one. A disgrace. But what they really want to do is show me teeth. Here's what you do. You don't talk to Deshaun Watson and Cleveland Brown football and related to him on the air. You don't do it. Unless he wins the cases... Wins the civil suit and 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 beats the other remaining women in court. You don't talk about Deshaun Watson. You don't talk about him on the radio. You don't talk about him on television. You don't talk about him in the Twitter spaces, Instagram, wherever. 
Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns don't exist. You're that appalled by it, don't talk about them. Money where your mouth is. And then again, your bosses make them talk about them, pick up your stuff, pick up your stuff, sacrifice, sacrifice. A moment, a, a, a difference between a moment and a movement is that a movement requires sacrifice. In order to bring about change, you got to sacrifice some stuff. Whether it be whether it be your job slash your paycheck, being inconvenienced or inconveniencing others, there's got to be an element of sacrifice. If the women out there in sports media are that bothered by it, and I'm not arguing that you shouldn't be, but if you feel that strongly about Deshaun Watson and the fact that he was able to find another team, get another job, put your money where your mouth is, and say, look, we're not talking to Sean Watson for outside of Aaron Highlights. And in that case, you probably have no choice but the air Highlights when it comes down to really with uh, playing games. But throughout the the, the rest of the offseason, from March until week one in early September, you don't talk to Sean Watson and Cleveland Brown football in related to him until we get a word with these cases. You don't talk about him. He, he doesn't exist. And if you're forced to talk about him, you do you do what Kenny Smith did in August of 2020 on Inside the NBA. Get up and say, you know what? I'm not going to be on the air tonight. Take your IFB out. Take off your take off your clip off uh, microphone. Walk walk off the studio and and don't and, and 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 don't be on television. If if they insist that you talk about it. You take yourself out of the equation. You pick yourself up. You boycott. You protest. Say, listen, I'm going to take a blow. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm not going to discuss this man as a football player who's got 22 allegations of rape out there in the air in the ether. I'm not going to do it. Let's see if anybody that works at any of these networks has the guts to do that, as they should. And if they go throughout and do, and if this does, you know, catch air, and then some, and some if, if someone, whoever hears it, and they take me up on it, and they go ahead and do it, good for them. God bless them. But until then, I cannot take you seriously, and I don't necessarily want to hear you screaming out about how much of a disgrace that Sean Watson is on a new team and has a pay raise, yet you're willing to talk about him all hours, day and night, about Deshaun Watson's whereabouts as a football player to, to provide content and airtime, to get the little hits and clicks on social media, because that's being a phony. That's being a phony. That's being a fraud. If it's really about women's rights and cracking down on, on rapists everywhere, and, and and really about twenty-two women, you not you're not you don't go on the airwaves and talk to Sean Watson, without without a fight or without an element of protest. You don't do it. And again, same people screaming about the Sean Watson. We're talking about him at not again, not all, but some, if not most of them. We're talking about the Sean Watsons and the Sean Watson quote unquote sweepstakes. There, if he's a brand new car and the freaking price is right, we're talking about him all hours, day and night over the last year during the off season of his whereabouts and and, and will he be traded? Won't he be traded? What what are what amount of draft picks and draft capital and players teams willing to get give up for him? This, that, and the other. And yet, they, and yet the, the carousel finally comes to a screeching halt, and all of a sudden, well, it's a disgrace that he's on a new team. Can't have it both ways. You can't. Put your money where your mouth is, and don't talk about them. 
Don't talk about him. Don't discuss him. Don't give him any airtime. Don't give him any attention of Sean Watson when it comes to his football whereabouts when you got the real life stuff still up in the air. Really about the if it's really about the twenty two women, don't talk about Deshaun Watson. Don't talk about him. Don't talk about him. And here's another thing too. Here's another thing. Don't be the don't play morality police and join hands and lock arms with women's rights and, and being anti-rape, which I'm all for. But don't say that and give me the emotional aspect of how you feel. And and scream and yell and say it's a disgrace. Don't say that in one hand. Then come middle of October, Browns and Bengals on Thursday night football flock to Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns for access. To get to get to to get him to give it for him to give you a couple of quotes and and, and a five minute interview you can put on the NFL Network in the pregame. Don't do that. Rip, put your money where your mouth is. Money where your mouth is. Show me some teeth. Have the guts. Have the cojones. Send a message. Say we will not talk to Deshaun Watson. We will not access him or talk to him for interviews or for content for our, for our studio shows. We will not talk about him on the air. We will not tweet about him. He doesn't exist until the until until these uh, these civil cases are taken care of. He doesn't exist. We won't talk about him. Let's see if anybody at ESPN, FS1, or the NFL Network have the guts and ha- and and have the character to do that. Because if it's really about Deshaun Watson being a disgusting human being and the 22 women, don't flop to Deshaun Watson. Don't go hop on a plane and 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 flock to Berea, Ohio, to do a five-minute interview piece uh, with the with the Watson prior to prior to Browns and Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Don't don't do that. Especially if you were one that was blowing up my Twitter feed, blowing up my timeline yesterday, screaming about how much of a disgrace it is that Deshaun Watson's on a football team with a pay raise. Don't do it. Take a stand, sacrifice something, and say, well, we're not going to discuss him. Not, not, not while I'm working, not while I'm on the air, not on these airwaves. Not going to do it. And we're not going to also, as you know, come 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 fall time, forget about this. Have amnesia about what went down on on uh, on Friday, March the 18th, and flock to the Sean Watson and Cleveland Browns, get a couple of quotes, and do some interviews, you know, to to to, to put on our TV airways and to upload on social media. Don't get amnesia and forget about how you felt on Friday, March 18th, and then come October 18th. Uh, run and hop on a plane to Berea, Ohio, and Cleveland, and 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 do a and do a ten minute interview piece with them. Don't do that. Because if you do do it, you come across as a phony, and your reaction and your feelings based on the matter come across as come across as Ill, illegitimate and being prisoner of the moment. Want to show me teeth? Take a stand. That's the. Real world side. 
from a football perspective and from the football side of things, the idea that people think that this puts the Browns over the top and makes them a division favorite and, and another team to uh, put into the pot as far as a as far as a deathly Super Bowl contender, I mean you you get you got to pay attention. First off, the Cleveland Browns gave the Texans uh, three three first round draft picks. 2022, 2023, 2024. I'd have gave up two first-round picks at the most, and that's it. Two first-rounders for Deshaun. If I'm not giving up any players, I'm giving up two first-rounders. That's it. Not three, and damn sure not uh, later-round picks for 2023 and 2024. I'm not doing that for a player that hasn't played in over a year. So everybody's like, well, Deshaun, and again, he's a good player. And did a hell of a job with nothing to work with in 2020 on that god-awful Houston Texans team. Played pretty well. I give him that. Hell of a football player. I give him that. But we don't know how he's going to play when he hasn't played in over a year. He's missed one full season. On top of the fact that he's going to get suspended, I would imagine, through the first 50-60% of the 2022 season. So it's going to miss a full season on top of the first half of the upcoming season. So you're going to get Deshaun Watson having not played in a season and a half. And you give up three first-round draft picks, one of them a pick for this year's draft, which you desperately need as a team that didn't do so hot in the previous season that had to let go of Jarvis Landry, get rid of Oda Beckham Jr., get rid of uh, Austin Ooper. I mean, you don't think the Cleveland Browns could use a first-round draft pick when they're, when they're essentially sink or swim when it comes to being a legit contender or going back, starting back from square one when it comes to the rebuilding process? And you give up? A, all your uh, the majority of your draft capital for a guy that that come come time over you're ready to line up under center for Cleveland will have missed a full season and a half really and I do not think that it, it certainly makes it certainly you know keeps Cleveland out of the conversation for finishing last in the division it's an upgrade from Baker Mayfield. It 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 you know if everything breaks the way Cleveland could land a could could uh could get land a wild card spot, but I don't think this trade puts Cleveland over the top to be a legit Super Bowl contender. I really don't, because we don't know how he's going to be able to gel with Stefanski. We don't know how he's going to be able to gel with his teammates. The reaction from the female uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, fan base, but again with with the sexual misconduct allegations out there floating in the ether, we don't know how he's going to play having not played a game, a meaningful game. I don't care about practice. I don't care about throwing a football in shorts in an isolated facility. I'm talking about playing. I'm talking about playing a game, eleven on eleven, head helmet, shoulder pads, football pants on, sold out stadium crowd, crowd noise, TV cameras. Uh, millions of people watching on television. The whole enchilada. I don't know how he's going to respond, having not played in over in a year and a half. When it comes time for him to suit up and play for Cleveland, I I don't know how he's going to play. And he and and Deshaun, you know, 
the Saint the AFC South going up against the garbage in that division with Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and uh, going up against Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and the uh, and the roller coaster ride of the Tennessee Titans. Okay, this, this is the AFC North, big boy football, tough nose, grind, grind them out, blue collar football. With my Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC champions. The Baltimore Ravens, who are as gritty as they come. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who always somehow, 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 someway find a way to be competitive on a year-in, year-in-year-out basis, no matter who's at quarterback for them behind center. AFC North football. Will he be ready for that? Will he be ready to get knocked on his ass every single time he goes to play Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh? Will he be ready for that? Understand the rivalry of Pittsburgh and and Cleveland, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Will you be ready for that? Teams already got a game plan a game plan against Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watts just being just be another person to just think, you know for Cle for uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh to check off their list on how to stop. Will he be ready for AFC North football? On top of the fact of having sat out a year and a half. I'm not sold on the fact this makes Cleveland Sherlock's uh, Super Bowl contenders. Why? Because they have Amari Cooper? I mean, come on. I understand Nick Chubb and uh, and Kareem Hunt, but still. Miles Garrett on defense, I get that. but And they won't stink. They won't stink. They'll be in the playoff hunt. But how will Deshaun Watson gel with the Browns organization in general? How will the fan base react to him? How will he gel with Stefanski? his teammates, and how will he play when it comes to it? How you, how will he respond in between the white lines having not played for, for a year and a half? Because not like, you know, week one against uh, against Pittsburgh, you know, uh, here we go, Deshaun Watson, 2022 NFL season, here we go. No, he's, he's going to have to sit about six, six, eight games or so. How will he respond coming off of the suspension on top of already missing a full year? And then from Cleveland, giving a, giving away to Houston, essentially the majority, 75-80% of their draft capital for the next few years down the road, which I don't like. Because in this ultra-competitive gauntlet of an AFC, you're going to have to restock and reload in the offseason. And if you don't got many a draft picks to choose from, when it comes to picking the top talent coming out of college every single spring with the draft and Deshaun Watson sucking up your, your, your salary cap could be a recipe for disaster in Cleveland if this doesn't work out the way they want it to. Disaster. I'm not sold on the fact that this makes Cleveland sure doubt Super Bowl contenders and puts them over the top. and I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm not. And I think the real winner of the trade is 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 the Texans getting the tox getting the toxicness of Deshaun Watson out of their organization, getting a getting a a a, a boatload of draft capital back in return, and they essentially get to hit the full reset button and start from scratch. Cleveland, it's sink or swim. You better pray to God that this works and pray to God that essentially the rest of your division and the entire AFC, including the AFC West with with Kansas City, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders, falls on its ass. And you find yourself in and winning a Super Bowl. Because if not, this could drastically come back to bite you in the ass. 
All the money is guaranteed, sucking up a ton of your salary cap, and you essentially have little to no draft capital to work with in the seasons down the road, starting with the draft coming up next month here in 2022. I'm not sold that the Cleveland Browns are going to be sure doubt Super Bowl contenders in a conversation with in a conversation with Denver, the Chargers, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati when it comes to the cream of the crop of the AFC and, and the Super Bowl contender talk. And again, one last time, money where your mouth is. Women in the media. You want to bring about change? Want to be a, want to be the change? Do something about it. Don't just scream and let your thumbs tweet away. Why you know in the heat of the battle when when you're when your uh, when your anger is at an all time high, and then come middle of November, you flock to Berea to, to to get a couple of quotes out of Deshaun Watson for your little five five ten minute interview piece on on Sports Center on NFL Game Day morning. Money where your mouth is, do something about it. Don't talk to Deshaun Watson when you on your shows. When you're on the air, you don't you make sure that you tell you tell your producers, tell the TV execs while I'm on the air while I'm working, we ain't discussing them. See if anybody, ESPN, FS1, NFL Network, have the guts to do that. Let's see. Take a break. Just getting started. I'm Metallica TIS Podcast. Welcome back to the Amitaki TLS podcast. One other notes that I forgot to mention with the Deshaun Watson thing that I'll move on from that and get on to some other NFL agency stuff. Uh, with the with the thought of Watson, you know, making Cleveland sure doubt lock juggernauts. Another thing too, you know, the, these NFL defenses change all the time. NFL defenses, I mean, with the technology and the many ways you can break down film and break down what a player's doing, and like it's not, you know, 2020 NF, the 2020 NFL that Deshaun Watson played in, I'm not saying that the game has drastically changed in two years, but def, the way defenses played him in 2020, this is two years ago now, going two years ago now, the way that defenses played him in 2020, I guarantee there's going to be a good amount of change, a good amount of, uh, of significant difference between how defenses played them in 2020 and how defenses are going to play them in 2022 and beyond. So, again, having not played a year and a half, 
I, you know, it's not like, you know, a, a, a wide receiver or a quarterback where, you know, you learn the route tree, you know, you know, you know how to run on draw patterns, the stretch plays, the tosses. The 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 delay the the delayed handoffs the misdirections the cutbacks the the you know running the power o or the route tree you know slant dig zig uh the sluggo seam post route go route streak the fade in the end zone uh the under the the running the the shallow cross and the underneath route different than that kicker you know kicking a football. Punter, punting the football, different than that. It's the quarterback. Quarterback's got to know the whole offense backwards and forwards. The run plays, the, the run plays. I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson, you know, has forgotten football in two years, but you know, when you know when you when you uh, what's that what's that old saying? Uh, either if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, if you don't practice something, you keep on using something what out of your frame of me- reference or your muscle memory, you're you're bound to, to lose a step or two. We you know we don't know after after a year and a half. And again, nobody cares about what he does in practice or does at workouts in a short and a t-shirt. I'm talking about in-game environments against opposing. NFL defenses in the arena that is being a starting quarterback in the National Football League in a regular season game that that matters and that counts for something. That's what I'm talking about. And, you know, we, we will see. But it's just... I, I and plus you know and Cleveland said and in Cle- and another thing I didn't like is Cleveland says and G- from Jimmy Haslam the owner who has no clue gets on gets on and says uh, you know criticizing about Baker Mayfield and wanting to move on from him saying well we need an adult at quarterback hey Jimmy I understand Baker Mayfield is not Otto Graham and doesn't you know carry himself like it does and he doesn't carry himself like Russell Wilson. But I mean, come on! I understand Baker Mayfield has his moments, and more times than not, and it's unbecoming, and you don't like it that starting quarterback has these moments where he, where he, where he acts very immature, you know, suffering from that Napoleon complex that he has. But I mean, but I mean, come on, adult at quarterback, and you go out there and you sign a guy that's got that's got twenty two uh, sexual misconduct slash rape allegations, civil slash the criminal lawsuits that were thrown out of court against them and you go and you and you and you give the Texas a, a king's ransom sell away all of your draft capital up until 2025 to bring in a guy to bring in a guy that's that's an alleged accused rapist I mean that's that's a that's that's sure doubt adult top of the line high class citizen behavior. Is, is is bringing in a guy that's got all of these rape and sexual misconduct, sexual assault allegations against him. That's having a quote-unquote adult at quarterback. I mean, really, Jimmy Haslam, really, Cleveland Browns. This is what you want to do. This is this is the image that you want to project to 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 to, to your fan base and to the world. We need an adult at quarterback, and you go out there and we and we give away essentially. All of our draft capital for the next few seasons to bring in a guy that that's a, that's an alleged accused rapist. I mean, and we we need an adult in the room, an adult at quarterback. Again, I understand Baker Mayfield is not Otto Graham at the position. I understand he doesn't have the temperament and doesn't carry himself like Russell Wilson. But still, Baker Mayf- Baker Mayfield ain't got nobody uh, saying, saying that saying that he raped them. You hear, you hear, you hear arguments, and you hear people say he's a bad teammate. 
that he's not a good quarterback. But nobody goes out there throwing around the R word when it comes to Baker Mayfield. That he that he that he that he mistreats women. He that he mistreats his teammates. You don't hear him mistreating women to the point where 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 the word rapist is in and and his name Baker Mayfield is in the same sentence. And he, and he, and, he, and he's on trial facing jail time. The booked as a, as a registered sex offender. You go get an adult at quarterback and you go out there and you get to Sean Watson. I mean, that's the typical Cleveland. I mean, they had one season where like where it looked like everything was running in the right direction and everything was going smoothly, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's as Eminem says, you know, snap back to reality. Oh, it goes gravity. I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean, really, adult that quarterback, and you go out there and you go give away your draft capital to go bring in a guy that hasn't played in over a year that's that's that, that, that that's accused of being a rapist. That's that's having an adult in the room and be having an adult at quarterback. Anyway. And, and then of course with the and then of course going back to the whole media point. And it's not just the women, it's the fellas too. You know, and a lot of the people that work on these networks uh, they, 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 they don't. A lot of them are up, are, are afraid of unless it's something easy as far as pounding Aaron Rodgers, where it's like where everybody's beating down one person. You know, is they're they're afraid of app upsetting the apple cart when it comes to critiquing and, and ripping these and ripping these uh, these players a new one. You know, again, outside of the obvious ones where everybody's doing it. You know, and, and you have no choice but to do it. I like Aaron Rodgers with the COVID vaccination, and Trevor Bauer, and everybody. You got no, a lot of them. Are, a lot of them are afraid of upsetting the apple cart. A lot of them are afraid to take a stand, put their you know, stick their chests out, put their name on something, and scream loudly from the rooftops, even if they're the only one. If there's only a few people in their camp that agree with them and/or share the same sentiment, you know. Get up on your rooftops, use your platform, use your TV shows to scream and yell about the Sean Watson, and and f- forget about forget about the access, forget about forget about him following you on Twitter, forget about the little interview bits that you do, you know, at the Pro Bowl or or at or at training camp or when you go out to Berea or Cleveland and do your little interview spots, you know, to air on the six o'clock Sports Center on the pregame shows. On uh, on the NFL Network, Fox and CBS and ESPN, forget about all that. It's about morals. It's about it's about good morals. It's about having character and integrity. Forget throw the access out the window. You'll live. One it's one player, one guy. You'll live. And if a, and if a few NFL players or or Deshaun Watson's Kim to like what you have to say, tough. It's you know it's it it you know actions have consequences and it and it comes with and it comes with having the job that you guys have. You guys are in the journalism slash broadcasting industry. You got you got to get used to the fact that you're going to piss off that you're going to piss off some people. You have a platform whether whether it's the power of the pen with with writing a column in a newspaper or having a microphone in front of your face or, or clipped on your clothes if it's television. You're going to have to succumb to the fact and realize the fact and wake up and smell the coffee and put your big boy big girl pants on and wake up to the fact that everybody's going to like what you have to say. And that and that and that and what comes what comes with comes great power comes great responsibility. Not every, not everybody's going to like you, and not everybody's going to agree with what you have to say. You're going to piss off. You're going to piss off a lot of people. 
You're gonna piss off some people with the opinions, with the opinions and the thoughts that flow through your brain, out your mouth, into the airwaves of television, radio, and the internet. You're gonna have to live with that. It comes with the territory. Forget about access. Forget about the interviews. Forget about him following you on Twitter. Forget about the fact that maybe you and him got a mutual friend, and that relationship's gonna be rocky or whatever, and you don't have as many list of of NFL player contacts in your phone or or DM you on Twitter. And Instagram. To hell with all that. If it's really about what's right and wrong here, put your big boy pig girl pants on. Don't be afraid to upset the apple cart. Take a stand, show some guts, and rip this man a new one. Rip the Browns, everybody. If you feel that strongly about it, don't just save it for Twitter. You're, you, you know, the Twitter, Twitter is for the average Joes like you and I that aren't on network television with a, you know, with a platform that hundreds of thousands plus, if not, uh, that hundreds of thousands and millions of people, you know, haven't ha, ha, we have we have their ear. You know, Twitter is for the average Joe's to, you know, for the for the few people that care what we think, we can go out there and a hundred and some odd characters share share our opinion on matters like that. You work on you work in television in front of the camera with with, with makeup on and a microphone clipped on your clothes and an IFB in your ear. Come on. You got the platform for a reason. Use it. Don't just don't just use the plat. Don't just don't don't take advantage of of, of 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 the platform and the avenue that you have. Like like the like the like the professional athletes did two years ago, two summers ago. They take advantage of the fact they were professional athletes with millions of Twitter followers, and they play their games on national television. They 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 decided to use their platform to bring about change. You people out there that work in the media on television. Don't just use your platform, you know, breaking down, uh, you know, breaking down uh, uh, the the defensive lineman from uh, Michigan Hutchinson's uh, tape heading into the draft, or 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 breaking down or breaking down uh, Russell Wilson Justin Herbert tape. Put your big boy pants on, take a stand for once in a while, and, and if you feel something's unjust, and you feel like something, somebody's been wronged or, or something ain't right. Have a little soapbox moment on television and say so. Part of being in that business, and I'm just, you know, I'm up and coming trying to trying to get where they are. But I but I don't think a lot of them know, and if they do know it, they need to 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 uh, uh, project that a little bit more. But I know that. There's consequences with being behind this microphone and talking. I know that that that, that they're going that whether it be opinions on sports or opinions and takes of mine on real world stuff. Not everybody's going to like what I have to say, and you're going to piss off a, a lot of people and strike a nerve with a lot of people. But it comes with the territory. You're you're doing your audience and you're doing yourself a disservice working in the media industry, especially if you are those that ha- that have that platform to give your opinion, whether you be a re- re- whether or not you will be you are a a beat writer or a columnist for a newspaper. You have a microphone clipped on you and you're on television, 
or you speak behind a microphone in a radio studio. Or in my case, of mic- sitting behind a microphone at, at my desk in my bedroom. Gotta be you gotta be able to 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 take a stand once in a while, and, and not and not be afraid to piss off some people. Now you're not gonna like everybody, and not everybody's gonna like or be in love with what you have to say. It's the nature of the business. Anyway, I digress. We digress to NFL free agency and just the absolute ridiculousness that has ensued over the last uh, over the last week or so. Um, with very amounts of with various amounts of news, and we'll get to Tom Brady and get to the Major League Baseball side of free agency things um, in a minute. But you got many of items of free agency. Let me touch on Devontae Adams. Uh, you know the idea the the uh, the, the um, Green Bay Packers Thursday night agreed to trade Devontae Adams to the uh, to the Vegas Raiders. Let me give you my two cents on that. Um, first off, it looks bad on Aaron Rodgers' part. The fact that he, the, I, you know, he owed it to Green Bay to come back, but for him to come back and essentially take every nickel off the table to not allow Devontae Adams to have a new contract and essentially not play on the on the franchise tag, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got Aaron Rodgers has has uh, has got to take some hits for that. I mean, he has to. I, I, I thought I thought. I thought Adams was his best buddy, his partner in crime. The you know his Scottie Pippen to his Michael Jordan, which is blasphemous in and of itself. But that's not the end of the thing. I thought that Devonte Adams was his buddy and that they were tight. And I thought that Aaron Rodgers wanted to do whatever he could to make sure that he and Devonte Adams are playing in a Super Bowl together with the Green Bay Packers organization. And for him to take, and I didn't address this at the time, but I'll address it now. For him to take every nickel, every penny off the table when he's made plenty of money. Okay, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers retires tomorrow or gets struck by lightning and can't play football for the rest of his life today. And in and, and 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years from now, nobody's going to sit back and say, and that's the thing that kind of trips me out with a lot of these athletes today that are so, that are more focused on making money than they are about legacy and love of the game and greatness and everything else. You know, at the end of the day, whether whether their playing days are 10 years behind them, 15 years, 20 years behind them, they're in, you know, they're in a retirement home or they're dead and gone with the tombstone over them. They seem to think that 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 the that the sports world and the sports fan is going to sit back and reminisce about players who say, "Remember when such and such, you know, led the league or was top five in the league as far as in highest paid players in the sport? Or remember this player, you know, this player made X amount of money in their career." You know, there won't be a trivia question in 2037, you know, how much money did Aaron Rodgers make in his NFL career? The trivia question will be how many uh, how many MVPs compared to Super Bowl titles did Aaron Rodgers win in his, what, 20, you know, at about that 20, at that 20-year period, in his 20-plus year NFL career starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That will be a question, and it's not just him. It's a lot of the it's a lot of the athletes today. You know, they're more focused on. I understand. Get your money, get your bread, get your paper. You know, make have make sure that you and your family are financially set for life and and generational wealth and everything else. But I mean, at the end of the day, when at the end of the day, when it comes down to legacy, legacy, 
and whether or not they're in a conversation of immortality and greatness. A lot of these guys and Aaron Rodgers being, being the ringleader seem to think that everybody in America gives a crap about how much money they make. Aaron, you made yourself plenty of money, especially in Aaron Rodgers' case, because a lot of these players, I get it. You know, these players come out. These players come out of the, the the inner streets and the ghettos of America. Single family, you know, single parent home. They got to take care of the mother who who put her life on hold and took care of everything. No father and no father in their lives. You know. Uh, family or you know their parents slash family are either in prison, drug abusers, died at a young age, you know, and then on top of it, you know, they have either their baby mama or their wives and their own family that they got to take care of. That I can understand. That I can get. Aaron Rodgers not fall into that category. He, God knows when the last time he spent a holiday with his family. Lord knows when the last time he gave a text or or a phone call to anybody of his family. He has no family of his own. He's not a husband. He's he's not a father to, to anybody's children. And he didn't grow up destitute as a kid. Oh, by the way, with a Cal Berkeley education. So, Anna Rogers not fall into that category where he essentially has to Feed everybody's mouths, make sure everybody in his family that helped him along the way growing up as a kid that had less than, that had to sacrifice, that had little to no money, barely a pot to piss in, where he's where he feels like he's he's morally obligated to be held responsible for taking care of his family from a financial standpoint. Aaron Rice does not fall into that category. On top of the fact of having a wife and family and kids to take care of, he does not fall into that category. He is not Matthew. He's not Matthew Stafford. He's not. Uh, uh, he's not he's not he's not the starting quarterback that that that's got a that's got a wife and and a, and a group of kids to to get through school, keep food on the table, mortgage payments, everything else. It's me my it's me myself and I with Ann Rogers throwing a little bit of uh, Shane Lee Woodley activity on the side for now. Just him. Family didn't grow up destitute. Let alone he talks to his family. Let alone spends money on him and he has no family of his own so it's not like that Aaron Rodgers you know he's got multiple mouths to feed and he's got more than one priority Aaron Rodgers it's just him and football that's it he he he, he, he it's a one man band with him and he took every nickel off the table knowing good and full well that the Green Bay Packers couldn't keep Devontae Adams around. So what happens? He gets traded to the Raiders for a first and second round pick. And the Raiders get the best receiver in all of football. Two sides to this. From a Packers standpoint, it's it leaves a bad taste in your mouth that the Devontae Adams and Rodgers combination goes bye-bye. But... In the long term, it's a hell of a trade. They waste they they've wasted their early first round draft picks in the past. They get good draft capital immediate. They get to use it in the draft next month in April. First and second round picks, not bad. Hopefully, Green Bay learns their lesson, doesn't waste on another damn quarterback again. But they get extra draft capital, which they desperately need, not only to win now, but also in the future when Devontae Adams, when Aaron Rodgers decides to say goodnight. 
again, hopefully they don't waste it on you know on on another on a Jordan Love sequel when they could have had T Higgins, but uh, but uh, you know we shall see. Uh, and also another thing to keep in mind too, you know they they got Julio Jones out there on the free agency market, so they could get Julio Jones in on the cheap, and he and they hit the knees that he's able to stay healthy, which he has not been able to do for the last quite a few seasons or so uh, in the back end of his career with the Falcons and then the Titans and who knows where he stands now. But, you know, let, hopefully he'll be able to keep himself healthy, healthy if the uh, the Green Bay Packers decide to bring him in and he could be uh, Aaron Rodgers' new choice of new weapon of choice. And I think also it could also benefit Aaron Rodgers in the long run because like we saw in the playoff game against uh, San Francisco in January, all he did was key, on on Dev- key in on Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones coming out of the backfield. Alan Zard wide open, didn't throw it to him. Kicked the skewed about wanting Randall Cobb on the team, never threw him the ball. And you saw in that in that uh, Thursday night game against uh, against uh, Arizona where Devontae Adams was missed that game because because he caught COVID. You saw that you saw that Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal game. He's got like I gotta uh, pull up the pull up his record, but Aaron Rodgers has a phenomenal record. Uh, had a, has a phenomenal record when Devon, in games in which Devontae Adams does not play. And you saw it, and you and you didn't see it any better than that than the Thursday night game that that he that he and the Packers played against Arizona in the, in mid November when Devontae Adams was out due to COVID. And again, it, it, I think it, it could serve Aaron Rodgers better. It's a bad job by him by not making sure that his butt that there was money on the table left for his buddy. But uh, but I think it will better serve him going you know down the road. I think it will. Because he because he falls into the trap a little bit too much, where he locks in on one receiver and ignores everybody else. He plays his best when he shares the wealth when he shares the wealth and he gets everybody involved. He didn't share the wealth in the in the in the uh, San Francisco playoff game in the snow. Look what happened. He put up ten points. They lost the game. From a Devontae Adams perspective. You know, and and then with the Raiders, you know, I'm also not in the camp of uh, I'm not in the camp of of uh, of Devonte of of the Raiders being automatic locks and being one of the best teams in the AFC, best teams in the AFC West either. I understand Devonte Adams is there. I understand that, and the and one of the shortcomings with the Raiders that you saw in 2021 is because with Henry Ruggs deciding to be an idiot in early uh, November, with you know with killing a killing a uh, killing a girl and her dog, you know driving at a zillion miles an hour, uh, ten times over the legal over the legal intoxication limit, you know I saw they so they missed that threat. I get that. Had shot had to sign Deshaun Jackson off the streets for crying out loud, which I I get I I, I, I understand that. Devontae Adams is an offensive weapon that the uh, that the Raiders offense can use and and uh, and makes their offense better. But does it make the Raiders a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl lock, let alone a lock to win the AFC West? I don't think so. First off, I don't trust Josh McDaniels as far as I can throw him. He's been out of the league as far as a head coach is concerned in the NFL for well over 10 years now. Well over 10 years. 
So I again and the way they and the shady way that he treated Indianapolis when he got the I I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And I said it at the time in February, and I'll say it I'll say it again here. I I I do not love the Josh McDaniels. I, I can't stand it when these teams go out there and they and they sign and they or excuse me or they hire you know the Bill Bel the Bill Belichick off uh, the Bill Belichick coordinators thinking that they're going to become the next New England Patriots. It drives me freaking crazy. Uh, so I so I'm not a believer in that aspect. I'm also not a believer in the aspect that listen. No no offense to Derek Carr, he's the worst quarterback in that division. Is he better than Herbert? No. Is he better than Mahomes? That would be considered blasphemous. And is he better than Russell Wilson? No, he is not. He's the worst quarterback in the division. And I think even with Devontae Adams, the Raiders, now it's, it's a it's a hella competitive division, so it's not necessarily a negative knock per se, but they're still the fourth best team in that division adding Devontae Adams. Adding Devontae Adams essentially does what exactly in the long term? I mean, the way I look at it is adding Devontae Adams possibly beats the Bengals in the in the in the wild card playoff game about uh, what two months ago. That's what that does. Adding Devontae Adams gets him a playoff win. But are are you playing games to to to, to win a playoff game? Or are you playing games to win championships? Because the bottom line is, and it's all about the quarterback in the NFL in 2022. Chargers have a better quarterback. Chiefs for damn sure have a better quarterback. Broncos have a better quarterback. With Derek Carr, he's no scrub. He's got talent. He's shown elements of. Uh, Elements of uh, of of uh, I don't want to say prompts because I don't want to say prompts because he's been around the re- in the league for a little bit, but he shows elements of uh, of of Pro Bowl of of uh, of Pro Bowlness. You know he's a he probably nice quarterback, nice quarterback, competent quarterback, serviceable quarterback. Can win you a division if you're playing a weak division, get you to the playoffs. Can win you a playoff game and can it get you a deep run to a Super Bowl in the same conference that's got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and now he, you know, Deshaun Watson to a certain degree? The answer is no. Mm-mm. And again, not necessarily anti Derek Carr, but you but you got to be objective and see it for what it is. Derek Carr, what you see is what you get with Derek Carr. Unless, 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 unless something ridiculously happens in a game with with your life on the line, you would not take Derek Carr over the seven quarterbacks I I just named you. Especially, especially three of them that that play in his own division. Mahomes and Herbert, cream of the crop. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, cream of the crop. You you wouldn't take you wouldn't take them over any of them. Even with Devontae Adams. So I just, you know, it, it, the Raiders will be better, but how much better? Uh, they went they went ten and seven last year. I mean. I could see him going ten and seven, nine and eight again, and then missing the playoffs, because 
because because of who they have at quarterback. Again, not necessarily a knock or being nasty about it, but what, but with Derek Carr, what you see is what you get. I mean, we Derek Carr has like hit his ceiling as a pro quarterback unless something unforeseen happens, and I don't think Devontae Adams necessarily changes anything. I don't think I don't think it does. On top on top of the fact that I don't trust the head coach, I do not. I I I I, I, I listen. I trust Brandon Staley more than I trust uh, Josh McDaniels going into next season. Bottom line, I just I I, I do not trust them. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. You know how he treated the Colts on the way out, and 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 how and the job he did with Denver wasn't exactly uh, the likes of Dan Reeves, God rest his soul, and and uh, and, uh, and and Shanahan. I mean, I, I I don't trust him. I do not trust him. How could you blame me? I don't. On top of the fact, again, I can't stand it when when these teams go out there. And they and they uh, and they hire these uh, and they hell and they hire the, and they run flock to hire the Belichick disciples. I can't stand it. it drives me freaking crazy. Hate it. Um. Moving on to some other things. Uh, you got the uh, the Broncos, or not the Broncos. The uh, yeah, no, the Bills. That's what I was uh, running to. Change the gears to Von Miller. They get the, the Buffalo Bills signed Von Miller for a six-year, uh, how much was it? Six-year, uh, hundred and twenty million dollar contract. Uh, you know, with my quick thoughts on that, you know, Von Miller, he was good and, and was a and was a key piece to the Rams Super Bowl run. He's good, but at thirty-two years of age, uh, you know, I think he's got two or three. Very good, not necessarily great, because I think that greatness window has uh, has passed him by a little bit. Uh, but he's got uh, quite a few, two to three, very good Pro Bowl esque years in him. Six years, I mean, he's gonna be, you know, by the time he's thirty six, thirty seven years of age. I mean, if um, again, unless the Buffalo Bills are repeating as Super Bowl champions. And Von Miller is is uh, making every play, and it's essentially their version of uh, their version of uh, of Khalil Mack. I mean, I I mm, I understand that they need help and that they need an edge rusher edge rusher to to rush the, and get after the quarterback, and they need the bolster their defense, especially you know with the thirteen with the thirteen seconds, Mahomes, you know, going down the field and kicking the field goal for us. I understand that that that, that has kept Bills Mafia and and the Bills organization restless since that game, but six years, one hundred and twenty million. For a guy that's that's going to be on his downfall by the time he's 35, 36 years of age, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Again, he was very good with the Rams, but we all know that the best player on the Ram defense was was Aaron Donald. It wasn't Von Miller; it was Aaron Donald. So, I, I understand he provides experience. I get that in the veteran leadership, which you will appreciate, but. 
I I just uh, I, it's good. It will be good for the. It will be good for this season. 2023, 2024 will be worth it. 2025 and beyond, uh, I'm not so sure. Chargers bolster their defense. They get uh, J.C. Jackson, cornerback from the New England Patriots, five years, $82.5 million. Uh, you know, as the Chargers bolster up uh, their defensive uh, their defensive effort as well. Chargers are just getting better and better and are turning to real, legit Super Bowl contenders. Again, my only concern is, is the head coach with Brandon Staley and his clock management because I could just as easily see the Chargers in the Super Bowl and winning it as much as I can see as much as I can see the Chargers heading into the final weekend of the regular season blowing the game and missing the playoffs. I it, it, I, I I can literally see both. I can see Herbert hoisting the Lombardi in Phoenix next year and I can also see him with a dazed and confused look on his face having the Chargers blown another crucial game because of Brandon Staley's piss-poor clock management. So he will be the ultimate equalizer for the Chargers next season. But I love the J.C. Jackson hire. Chandler Jones, who had that phenomenal five-sack game to open up the season against Tennessee with the Cardinals, he joins the Raiders front and bolsters their defense on a three-year, $51 million deal. Carlton Davis stays put with the Bucks. Brady, of course, coming back, had a lot to influence with that. Brandon Sheriff goes from protecting, uh, protecting, uh, um, what's his face, uh, Taylor Heineke to, uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who has been very busy this, uh, for this uh, offseason. What you like, Marcus Williams goes from the Saints to the Ravens. Ravens bolster up their defense with Marcus Williams. They get Marcus Peters back on top of, uh, on top of uh, Marlon Humphrey, hopefully the hopefully that Ravens defense will be able to cover Jamar Chase uh, coming up later this season. Uh, laugh, Ravens fans, that was funny. Uh, Allen Robinson goes from the Bears to the uh, to the L.A. Rams as the Rams continue as the Rams, uh, you know, anticipating whether you know per, anticipating not bringing back Odell Beckham Jr. But they bolster up their wide receiving core. Nevertheless, they'll get uh, they'll get Robert Woods coming off of IR with the torn ACL. Not to mention the best receiver in all football in Cooper Cup. Alongside, uh, I get to Randy Gregory to close out. Um, any other signings? Yeah, the Jaguars uh, give uh, Ju- Justin Herbert give the, the <laughs> Trevor Lawrence uh, a weapon and and si- signing Christian Kirk to a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal, deal providing some ex- providing some explosiveness to their offense. Uh, Stephon Gilmore still available for a free agent. Uh, Ryan Jensen stays put with the Bucks. He was there, and there was talks of him joining my Bengals, or at least being interested in signing with my Bengals until TB12 decided to come back. Thank you, Tom. Tyron Matthew, Bobby Wagner out there on the market. Uh, Shadavius Ward goes from the uh, Chiefs to the San Francisco 49ers on a three or $40.5 million deal. The Chiefs, you know, the, and, and, you know, the Chiefs go out there, they sign. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. So uh, you know, so he'll be again. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll stay away from making the jokes. But I mean, my God, I mean, 
him and uh, if I'm a Chief fan, um, when I read that, when I, when I if I am a Chief fan yesterday and I read that on the internet, I would I would have thrown my phone out the window. I mean, we're a we're doing more losing in the offseason than we are gaining. Shadavius Ward says goodnight. Tyron Matthew odds are is not coming back. And who do we bring in? And we let go of uh, Byron Pringle. Who do we bring in? Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, who hasn't been good since Antonio Brown was his teammate. Coming coming off coming off of a season ending season ending injury. And I guarantee he'll be more caught up in making those asinine TikToks with Jackson Mahomes and he will be winning football games. I mean, T's and peace, you can't see Chiefs fans having to put up with this foolishness. I mean, my goodness gracious me. Uh let's see. Anybody else? Anybody else? Um DJ Reed is a New York Jet. DJ Shark goes from the uh, goes from the Jags to the Lions on a one-year deal. Jameis Winston's still up in the air. Ravens signed Morgan Moses from the Jets on a $350 million deal to provide Lamar Jackson some more offensive line help. Zach Ertz stays with the Cardinals. Three-year, $31.6 million contract. Connor Williams goes from protecting Dak Prescott to protecting two on a two-year, $14 million deal. Um, anybody else, anybody else, anybody else? Leighton Vandrush stays put with the Cowboys. Michael Gallup stays put with the Cowboys as well. Justin Reed, so that's, you know, the one, you know, so the Chiefs get some help in that aspect, replacing, you know, getting some help with safety, replacing Ward, and replacing, probably most likely replacing Tyron Matthew. Goes from the Texans to the Chiefs, three-year, $31.5 million deal. My main man, C.J. Uzama, says goodbye to Cincinnati. He's a New York Jet. Hate to see him go. Uh, let's see. I told you Byron Pringle left. He is now a Chicago Bear. Mitch Trubisky is now the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers on a one-year $14.2 million deal. You know, he'll, he'll be serviceable. Steelers will be competitive. But they'll, unless something unforeseen happens with the other three teams, Pittsburgh will finish last in their, in their division by default. The, uh, the Cardinals bring back James Conrad running back Evan Ingram. That over that overrated tight end goes from the Giants to the Jags on a one-year nine million dollar deal. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Bengals cut Larry Ogan. Bengals uh, let go of Larry Ogan Joby, who he thought was headed to the Bears. Failed his physical, so he's a free agent back on the market again. Bengals also uh, make some changes with their offensive line, which I'll get to in a minute. They re-signed B.J. Hell for a three-year, $30 million contract. Um, let's see, anybody else? Raheem Mostert is now a running back for the Miami Dolphins. And Sammy Watkins is a free agent up in the air. Um, I will, let me do the Bengals off, let me do the Bengals uh, first, and then I'll do uh, Randy Gregory last to close out the segment. With the Bengals, you know they boosted their old line. They uh, they make some changes to the old line. Uh, they I told you they re-signed B.J. Hill for the three years. They got uh, they signed a couple of offensive linemen. One from the New England Patriots. The other one from the uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I read you their contract uh, details in a minute. They get. Um, and they also, you know, re-signed Eli Apple, much to my chagrin, which I don't like. Which I pray to God they go cornerback, they go cornerback heavy in the draft. Because if I see uh, Eli Apple, you know, lined up against, 
you know, lined up in a you know playing starting cornerback next season. I'm gonna lose my mind. Bengals they signed former Raven and uh, Atlanta Falcon tight end Hayden Hurst on a one year deal to see if he can fill the void from CJ fill the void CJ Ozama and of course they're probably you heard Rob Gronkowski throw out there a couple of times that he'd love to play with Joe Burrow that's all out the window of course because CB12 is back so we'll, so you got so they went up and got Hayden Hurst to be a placeholder at least for this season. They got Ted, they got Alex Kappa, the uh, guard from the New England Patriots, who protecting Tom Brady. They got him. Their offensive line coach said we need some glass eaters, and they certainly got a few. Uh, one of them blocking Tom Brady. The other one that Belichick uh, was able to get to protect that quarterback and Mac Jones, uh, and Ted and Ted uh, and Ted Karras, Kakis, whatever his name is, the center. Uh, or not the center. Their uh, <laughs> their offensive uh, their offensive lineman. He's a glass eater. You hear all this talk about the Bengals, and you know, we need glass eaters. Need those that you need those offensive linemen to you know get down and dirty, uh, get down and dirty with it. So they get uh, so they get a couple of offensive linemen, one from the Bucks uh, and one from the New England Patriots. So they definitely bolstering up their offensive line. They're in talks with the right tackle uh, from the Dallas Cowboys, who's out there. Uh, in free agency, I believe he's still in Cincinnati on a visit. Bengals, hopefully they they don't mess around, they don't fool around, and they lock him down and get Joe Shiesty protected uh, for the uh, for the upcoming future. You know, especially in this competitive AFC. You know, it's now or never. If you don't if you don't win a championship, when are you going to uh, when are you going to win one? So he so the Bengals doing a good job this offseason. You got you'd like for them to seal the deal with with uh, signing their, their right tack the former Cowboys right tackle Collins and see if they can land a couple of gems in the draft as far as bolstering their secondary and uh, and adding a cup and adding some depth to their offensive lineman in case God forbid any of these guys get uh, any of these guys get uh, injured knock on wood in the preseason. But the Bengals doing a solid job. Not great, but not good. Not uh, Let's see. Uh, here's a tweet here. Lyle Collins left Cincinnati without a deal, but there is no uh, visit planned with the Dolphins at this time. Dolphins, while monitoring the Collins situation, appear to be something else. Um, they've also told their third-tier offensive lineman that they might be uh, in touch. Uh, this is, uh, so nobody in Cincinnati media is reporting this. This is Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald. Um, uh, so we'll see, you know, we'll see how accurate that is, uh, with Lyle Collins, the tackle for the formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Hopefully my Cincinnati Bengals can lock him up and get Joe Shiesty, uh, some, uh, some protect, some, uh, protection. Uh, we shall see with that and the Bengals, you know, as the off season moves its way along finally on randy gregory then we'll take a break get some baseball and kind of change the topic of conversation for a minute with randy gregory you know for randy gregory who has had many uh transgressions against him his nfl career with suspensions and missed games this and the other for him to hang the dallas cowboys out the dry the way he did Basically signing the contract and then saying, "Well, I didn't like the language in it, so I'm gonna back out of it and go sign to Denver." I mean that 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 is a disgrace and that's a joke. I mean, a a I don't know. No, listen, I haven't signed. You know, 
little to no contracts in my life. I get that. But I thought that's what the agent and that's what your lawyers are, lawyers are for, to, to, read through, to read through every line, every word, every syllable of the contract and make sure that everything checks out okay. And then, and then either their, their agent or their, or their lawyer says, yep, it all checks out, you can sign, so they can just put their John Hancock on a, on a sheet of paper and go on the merry way. He signed with the Cowboys, and it was like, well, I didn't like the language of the contract. I mean, re- really, Randy, after the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones did everything for you, stuck their neck out for you, didn't bail on you, didn't quit on you, didn't cut you, didn't trade you, when you when you certainly betrayed them and hung them out to dry with your stupid numerous amounts of uh of 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 missteps throughout your NFL career, and you and you go ahead and essentially bite the hand that feeds. I mean, that's just it's, it's about loyalty, and it's it's an, it's about also about doing the right thing. And flat out, that's just not the right thing to do. You owe it to Jerry Jones. You owe it to the Cowboys organization that's been very loyal to you. You owe them your loyalty in return. And for you to 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 use that to find a cheap backdoor way out of that out of out of the Cowboy organization and go flock to Denver, that 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 is that is a bogus bush league thing to do. When the Cowboys have have been nice to you, been good to you, many a time when you haven't deserved it. That's not the uh, that's not the right thing to do. I'm I'm sorry, you know. And I well, I didn't like the language in the contract. I mean, really, cheap lame excuse, Randy. Seriously, cheap and lame. You owe it to the friend, especially, especially when you embarrassed yourself in front of America, lining up offsides five million times in the playoff game against the 49ers. You are not bad. You are abysmal, embarrassing, beyond. Pathetic in the playoff game against the 49ers. Part of the reasons why they lost that game. You had like five, about five offsides penalties by your own self. You go ahead and, and, and do that to the Dallas Cowboy organization where you embarrass yourself and, and were part of the reason why they lost the playoff game. And you go, and you go ahead and bite the hand that feeds and, and treat the Dallas Cowboy organization like that after all they've done for you and how good they were to you. Even when you didn't deserve it, that's Bush League. Bush League. Back after this. Welcome back to the um, Teleki TIES podcast. Switching gears now from the NFL free agency frenzy that has been over the last week or so to Major League Baseball's free agency frenzy. Um, let me just get the quick stuff out the way, and then I give you uh, give you my two cents on uh, on some key items that have took place over the last week or so. You got Clayton Kershaw; he returns to the Dodgers on a one year deal. 
uh, couldn't find a long-term home, so why not run it back with the team that he's been with his entire MLB career? Uh, the Giants trade. The Giants get uh, Carlos Rodon on a two-year, forty-four million dollar uh, on a two-year, forty-four million dollar contract. Uh, let's see. White Sox. They add Josh Harrison and Joe Kelly. Mets acquire Chris Bassett in a deal with the Mets for two minor league pitchers. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. The Cincinnati Reds, I mean, what a joke. They are cutting payroll left and right. They they dash Sonny Gray to the to the uh, Minnesota Twins. They, uh, what well, was another move that they've made, which has been a disgrace. They also sent Jesse Winker and Angio Suarez over to the Manors for a pair of, uh, for a pair of minor league, for a pair of, uh, low rent players and and uh and uh and my and minor league players and a player to be named later second round pick from 2019 brandon williamson uh players to be named later right-handed pitcher justin dunn and outfielder jake uh fraley uh that deal took place on march the 14th i mean the cincinnati reds their ownership deal is a disgrace i mean here it is there's the cincinnati Bengals. their football the city's football team has stuck their neck out and is willing to spend top dollar to uh to bring free agents into Cincinnati for them to try a win after they got to the Super Bowl and won an AFC championship, beating the Chiefs twice in the same month, winning their division, whole nine yards. And here it is, you got the Cincinnati Reds over here cutting and dashing payroll left and right, paying a bunch of no-name players that you can't market and nobody's ever heard of on the Jeep. I mean, it's it's just an absolute disgrace. I mean, with 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 these, uh, if if it's if it's that much for you to spend a little money to put to to put together a a championship contending ball club, then you know what? Sell the damn team. I mean, it, it just gets to a point where it's like, why are we doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results and spinning our wheels? If you care that less about if you care that less about the on field product and care that less about the team winning games and the fan base, then sell the team. Collect your money and get out, and and leave it to somebody else that truly cares about it to run it and produce a champion. I mean, what the Reds ownership group? I mean, that is just a, just just some off pieces, just slashing payroll, absolutely for a bunch of guys on the cheap. So then, you know, if they end up any good, you know, we don't want to pay them. We'll 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 send them elsewhere too. I mean, it's it's it's, it's disgraceful, absolutely disgraceful. Uh, it's it, it's a joke. It really is a joke. Anthony Rizzo back with the Yankees on a two-year deal, um, which which is uh, which is very in, which is very interesting. The Yankees keep a left-handed bat in their lineup. Played well with the Yankees in the in the midseason trade last year, so they keep Anthony Rizzo aboard for the Yankees after striking out on getting uh, after striking out on getting uh, Freddie Freeman. Uh, they sign, Braves also re-sign, uh, re-sign Eddie Rosario on a two-year, $18 million deal. The, the Cubs land on a five-year, $85 million contract. Japanese outfitter Seiya Suzuki on a, uh, on a nice, uh, chunky deal. The Phillies add a slugger left-handed back in the lineup. And Kyle Schwarber, they sign him off the streets in free agency as well. The Blue Jays also uh, trade for Matt Chapman in a trade with the Blue Jays in exchange for a minor league process. So, you know, I will, I'm not going to, I haven't given my predictions yet, but I really, really like the Blue Jays to win the AL East this year. I don't know. It's just, just the, just the feeling. I got, I got a good feel, and you know, with that sour taste in the mouth of winning 90 games and, and coming within an eyelash and missing the playoffs last year, I'm going to pick the Blue Jays 
to uh, just to provide a little tease, a little spoiler for you. I really, really like the Blue Jays in the AL East this year. Uh, I, you know, Matt, that's a that's a good trade. Matt Chapman, good, uh, good bat, and and a strong uh, and a strong player at third base. Plus, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 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 on, his production is only going up as the years and as the seasons move, uh, of his career move along. I I really like the Blue Jays heading into this season. They they're hungry, motivated too. I like that as well. Chris, you know, and with the Colorado Rockies, you know, you just never know with them. I mean, they here it is. They here it is. They signed uh, they signed Nolan Arenado to a massive contract. They don't know what to do. They can't win with them. Arenado wants out fine. The Rockies, you look like they're going to be on the cheap, cutting payroll left and right, on on you know trying to go through a rebuild. And all of a sudden, a clear blue sky, they signed Chris Bryant on a seven-year, $182 million contract. I mean, the Rockies one of the more confusing teams in all of baseball. I mean, they spend money, but they stink. They spend money, but they're dysfunctional all over the place. I mean, I've never seen a team... Uh, I've never seen a team, you know, spin their wheels and and, and and yet go out there and spend money on on top players like the Colorado Rockies do. It's just absolutely just mind-boggling, mind-bogglingly confusing and leaves you scratching your head. The Padres acquired Luke Voigt. Voigt, of course, out of there with the signing of uh, of um, of Anthony Rizzo. Yankees get right-handed pitcher Justin Lang in return. There was going to be no place for Voigt. Voigt's career as a Yankee was dwindling ever since they acquired uh, Anthony Rizzo. So they get him out of there. Padres get some infield help with uh, with Luke Voigt. Braves bring in longtime Dodger Dodger uh, closer Kenley Jansen, a one-year $16 million contract. The Phillies land outfitter Nick Castellanos on a five-year $100 million contract coming off of a very, very, very good 2021 campaign. Uh, let's see. Carlos Correa, you heard that my favorite team in the Baltimore Orioles was going to be. You know, they was in talks with, uh, with Correa. They had the highest... As far as money is concerned, the highest offer on the table with Carlos, and it looks like he, you know, he wanted, uh, he wanted, uh, he didn't want the three hundred, four hundred million dollar year. He wanted something a little, a little less long term. So what does he do? Three year, one hundred five million dollar contract with the Minnesota Twins. I mean, ain't it ain't it the Orioles' luck? The one time the Orioles are willing to 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 to, to give a superstar player a a, a blank. A blank check, whatever you want, we got it for you. If you want eight years, ten years, twelve years, three hundred plus million dollars, have at it. You know, you name the price, we'll match it. And long behold, cause career. So you know what? I don't want anything long term. I don't want to be making Fernando Tatis type money. I, I'll, I'll settle for for a three to five year thing. A little, a little over a hundred million dollar contract. And long behold, the Minnesota Twins would want to give it to him. I mean, with with my Baltimore Orioles, man, I swear to God, you you cannot make this stuff up if you tried. You you can't make it up, man. I swear, you cannot. They want they want to spend them anything anything. You heard you read the reports. If you read the reports, highest offer that Correa got was from the Orioles. What does he do? Takes less money, goes to the Minnesota Twins. Oh my God, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! Please help me. I, 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 I swear. I, I, with the Orioles, I, 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 I can't take it. Nelson Cruz, one-year deal with the, with the Washington Nationals, fifteen million dollar deal. 
designated header, by the way, Nashville taking advantage of the new rule change with the new CBA agreement. A couple of things I wanted to uh, touch on specifically. Gary Sanchez and Josh Donaldson traded. Uh, the, the catcher, Josh Donaldson, catcher Ben Ravette, however you pronounce his name, and shortstop Isaiah Kiner-Faifa, uh, they go to New York Yankees. Uh, the Yankees give the Twins Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Uh, in return, about to, yeah, you know, I think, in my honest opinion, the Yankees traded Gary Sanchez about a few seasons too late. They should have traded Gary Sanchez, you know, two, 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 three years, two, three seasons ago. I think when his value was was that the most high. Uh, I mean, they did get they did get a little bit back for him. You know, Josh Donaldson's an All Star third baseman, but he's injured a lot, lots of issues with his calf muscles. Has not been able to stay out, stay on the field, and stay healthy on a consistent year in year out basis. So, uh, so you know, he definitely provides uh, a bat and some pop in the lineup like the Yankees needed any more right-handed hitters. But the question with Donaldson is, will he be able to stay healthy and stay on the field long enough? Uh, that that would be the only thing. But the Yankees, you know, had to cut ties to Gary Sanchez. I think it's a couple years too late, but they cut ties with Gary uh, and sent Gio Urshela out the pasture with them nevertheless. Um, uh, uh, I'll do Tatis. I'll do Tatis last and give my thoughts on the Freddie on the Freddie Freeman on the Freddie Freeman signing. Uh, I'll give you the details here right this minute. Six-year deal, $162 million contract. Freddie Freeman, South California native, joins the L.A. Dodgers. And in return, the the uh, the Braves sign um, uh, Matt Olson to a nice, hefty contract. Uh, I'll give you the details for that here in just a second. While I give you a chance to... Uh, I mean, a chance to find it in a trade. They get Matt Olson in exchange for Christian Pache, Shea Langiers, Ryan Sushek, and starting pitcher Joey Estates in a deal. And they also signed, and the Braves signed Greg Olson to an eight year, $168 million contract through the 2029 season. Matt Olson on paper is a better player than, uh, is, is going to be a better deal and work out better for the Braves. And, and you know, in a, on a long-term basis, then re-signing Freddie Freeman. So from a baseball perspective, it makes sense. But you know, there are times in sports where you kind of have to separate the baseball business transactional piece from it and go solely based off of ebb and flow, relationship, relationships, circumstance, uh, years in the past, nostalgia, emotions. Uh, uh, cachet, that 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 gooey, basically the opposite of how Bill Belichick does business. It, that that was the that was the moment where where you where you know that that's that's a Bill Belich that's a Bill Belichick type of move right there. You 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 let you let the you let the feel good. You know what it reminded me of? It just it just came it just came to my memory. You know what it reminded me of? Rodney Harrison and Laura Malloy. Lloyd Malloy, top level Pro Bowl safety with the pa- with the Patriots, one of Tom Brady's best buds on his team, Re- locker room guy. Everybody loved him. One of the best players on the team. Helped the Patriots win that championship against the Rams in all one. And all of a sudden, you blink and it's lawyers out the door. And here's Rodney Harrison. Similar thing here. 
Now with the Patriots, everybody thought that Rodney and Lawyer were going to be teammates, and all of a sudden, at the back end of training camp, Belichick outright cuts Lawyer Malloy. This a little bit different. This this the 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 bringing the outsider in was the writing on the wall to begin with. And you didn't need Freddie Freeman to go out there and sign with the Dodgers in order to send the message that Freddie was no longer going to be with us. But very, very similar parallels coming off of a championship, coming off of a championship season, beloved player by the fans and, the, and, and, and teammates within the locker room. Now, it wasn't outright cutting Freddie Freeman. They didn't bring him back a little bit different, but still, it's the same. It's a similar set of circumstances. The locker room favorite goes good, says goodnight, and you bring in the outsider. That, from a football perspective, made made a ton of sense, but it upset the but it upset the apple cart and it upset the 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 feel good emotional karma within within the team within the organization. Bothered the fan base and it bothered the players the players and the coaching staff within the locker room. Players on the on the, on the on the on the Patriots, I believe it was prior to the 03 season. Prior to the prior to the 03 season, Patriots players were pissed at Belichick. They weren't, you know, the famous old Tom Jackson line. Will they hate their coach? They didn't hate their coach. They were pissed off at him. There were days where they wanted to probably throw Bill Belichick through a glass window. And 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 yoke him up and 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 and, uh, and and post him up up again and grab him by his shirt and throw him up against the wall. But they didn't hate him. They were just frustrated and pissed off at him. And of course, that O three Patriots team went on to win the Super Bowl. And Rodney Harrison was a key uh, focal point of why of why they won it. And I and you know they, the Braves could run it back. Make it, make it to another World Series and possibly go back to back. After all, they do get the, they do get one of the best players, Ronald Acuna Jr., back off of the torn ACL injury. And Matt Olson, compared to signing Freddie Freeman long term, is a better makes makes a ton of sense and is a better signing on based on sheer business transactional baseball uh, 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 uh lens. Looking at it through, looking at it from a transactional business baseball standpoint of things, the the Matt Olson trade and signing t- makes a ton of sense compared to Freddie, who's a little older, who, like I brought up with with the Von Miller thing, you know, the contract will be good, it'll be good, it'll be it'll feel good, it'll feel nice to have him on the team and this that and the other, and he'll produce and and he'll put up fantastic numbers this year, next year in 2024, become 2025 down the road when he's in his when he's in his mid late 30s, and the contract starts to linger a little bit, and 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 you realize that oh man, Ronald Acuna's got to get paid and all that. You know, and when and we and when it starts hitting the pocketbooks a little bit, and their production slowly starts to decline as they get older, and you'll be at that moment, will be like, mm, I understand that he deserved it, that he earned it, and that in the first two year, first two three years of the deal, the contract worked out, but man, we are really eating it and paying for it here on the back end, a little bit like that Von Miller trade that I broke down in the previous segment, a, li- a little bit like that. Where if they would have signed Freddie Freeman to a long deal, it would have been worth it for 2022, 2023, 2024, become 2025 and onwards, and Freddie's production starts to decline a little bit, you'd be sitting back 
sit back in your chair going, ugh. Now we're at that part of the contract where it's like we wish we had a way out. I And again, I understand from a business perspective, from a baseball perspective, Matt Olson, it's 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 a it's it's a good deal. Good deal. They, they, they didn't get a scrub to replace Freddie, but from but it's one of those times where and bringing it all the way back home, getting off on the whole Lord Malloy Bill Belichick piece. There's a time where you kind of have to bite the bullet and kind of fall for that emotional, feel good story locker room type piece, a la anti Bill Belichick when it comes to signing Freddie Freeman long-term. Because he's been with your franchise since since the jump. One of the main primary reasons why you won that championship, who can forget the home run he had off a of hater, the, the, good, the good going on great World Series he had against the Astros. I mean, and a beloved locker room guy, everybody loved him, Snitker loves him, Anthopolis was freaking tearing up. When he announced when he announced the the Matt Olson trade, knowing good and full, knowing in the back of his mind that Freddie wasn't coming back for it, I mean this is his boss, and, and Thopas is the GM. That that's that's Freddie's, you know, the manager is his manager, and Thopolis is is, is 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 his boss, along with ownership. That's his boss, and when he is breaking down, crying in front of the media, that just goes to show how much of an impact that he had on everybody within that organization. Sometimes I understand it may not make great baseball sense, but sometimes you got to bite the bullet and say, you know what? He's our franchise guy, beloved by everybody. We just won a World Series. We got to bring him back. And I, I, at least I know for me, if I was a Braves fan, it wouldn't feel complete when I don't know. I I can look up when uh, I can look up when they uh, when they open up the season. Uh, when and where they open up the season, but it's not going to feel right at SunTrust Park in front of a sold-out crowd when they unveil the championship banner, the NL, the National League champions banner, and the players get their and the players get their rings in those in those fancy little uniforms that they're going to have. It's not going to. At least I know if it was me, if I was a Braves fan, it would not feel. Right, the moment, the moment wouldn't feel right, and the moment wouldn't feel complete for me. Not having Freddie Freeman in a Braves uniform there for all of it, because a he's been there the longest. Born it, not born and raised, but he's come up through the Braves organization, been on that team a long time, and was and what and he was that guy that that. That took that leadership role in the locker room when when uh, when uh, Acuna went down, and put the team on his back and carried them to a World Series championship. They open up the season at home against Cincinnati. So that Thursday night on April seventh, when they unveil everything and they get their that's if if I was a Brave fan or Brave fan if I was a Brave fan sitting in the stands or a Brave player, that's a carryover from last year's team. I'd, I'd be saying to myself the entire ceremony, I'd be, I should, I'd be saying to myself ad infinitum, Freddie should be here for this. For, I'd be, and, I, and, I, and I don't think like that, I, I, I don't like, I don't like that, like that feeling of, that, that feeling of lost and feeling that, that somebody should be here that isn't there that you had a chance to bring back. I just, I, I, ugh. That's, that's a weird, that's a weird uncomfortable feeling. 
I'd have bitten a bullet and, and brought him back. And I would have, whatever he wanted, I would have given it to him. Wouldn't have mattered. Let me see when the Dodgers come into and the Dodgers come into play uh, to play uh, the Braves. First game is uh, June twenty fourth. That's going to be an emotional night at SunTrust Park. Given Freddie his ring, showing the montage. I mean, I, oh, if I was a Brave fan, a I would make sure I'm going to that game, and I'd be crying my eyeballs out the that that entire night, crying, crying, crying. But it is a business. What are you going to do? And again, Matt Olson, not bad. You know, he hit uh, in 2021. He. Uh, uh, had his numbers right here. 2021, not bad, not a bad season. Hit 271, 39 home runs, 111 RBIs. You know, had not made the All Star team, finished eighth in MVP voting. Had a good season in 2021, but he's not Freddie Freeman. And I'm not talking about Freddie Freeman as far as like Freddie Freeman the base, like the 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 the, the stats. Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman, the baseball player. I'm talking about Freddie Freeman, the baseball player, in terms of the intangibles and 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 the and the and the good feeling that he brings about being a part of that team within that locker room. Now, the thing I will say about Freddie is that he went out there in his introductory press conference with the Dodgers and said how I was heartbroken, I was hurt, this, that, and the other that I wasn't brought back, and yet he goes over there and takes every nickel off the table and signs with the Dodgers. I say I'm a Southern California native, but here's my point. My point is that, and, and it's not just that I hear it a lot with the athletes today that say, well, I'm heartbroken, I'm this, that, and the other, uh, that I wasn't brought back and that I couldn't come back. Well, here's the bottom line. If you are that drawn, if you are that emotionally connected and that emotionally drawn to the team that you played for for over 10 years. If it means that much to you to be a part of that organization, to play for that organization, especially coming off a championship in which you that you helped that organization win, money's out the window. I understand family. I'm not Freddie Freeman. I don't have a wife. I don't have children. I get that. I understand, you know, it's just me bloviating behind a microphone uh, pontificating it behind, you know, sitting in front of a microphone, and it's not my money, it's not my life, it's not my bank account. I get that, but if it was me, I'd be like, you know what? I don't have to go out there and chase every nickel. It's not like this is Freddie Freeman's first payday of his career. He's had one in the past that he signed in either 2013, 2014 that just expired at the end of last season. You're not going to be making, you know, league minimum. I would put, at least, and this is how I look at it, I put work environment, relationships, gelling well and working well and getting along well and friendships and the camaraderie of the people that I work with. This is not, this, this ain't, this is not necessarily Freddie Freeman, obviously. This is me talking. Me, my, my prerogative, my own personal opinion. Me, I'm putting... I put camaraderie, relationships, loyalty to a, to a particular employee, the, the feel-good feeling, going to work each and every single day, going, doing something, that you, doing something that you love with people you enjoy doing it with. I put that over, 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 over getting paid 
uh, over getting paid boatloads of money. Ask me. Because if you're good at your job, the money will come. Unless, unless, unless proven otherwise. The money will come. The relationships, being in that locker room with those guys. If I was Freddie, the Dodgers may have offered me more money. I'd have given the I'd have given the Braves a hometown discount and said, "Look, I love playing here. I love everybody in this organization." And Thop was the GM, Snitker the manager, Acuna, uh, Ozzy Albies, everybody. I love I love every Dansby Swanson. Love everybody. I'm a Brave. I'm an Atlanta Brave. I was an Atlanta Brave. I won a championship with the Atlanta Braves. I'm gonna stay with the Atlanta Braves. That and that was me. If I was Freddie. I'd have took less money. I understand Dodgers off me everything, and I am from Southern California. But I'd have took less money. I would have stayed if it was me. Cause I, especially when it comes to sport and, and when it comes to playing professional sports, camaraderie and the relationships and playing well and getting along and having cl- such close friendships and relationships with the people that you work with when you're playing professional sports as your profession, as your career, that matters. Just, just take a look at the Brooklyn Nets for a perfect example. Over the last two, two, three years or so, that matters. You, if you, it's one. I think it's one of the more overlooked things in sports today. To be quite honest with you, the relationships and having that that sense of brotherhood in men's sports and sisterhood and in, in women's sports that matters. Getting along and love doing what you do with the people that you're doing it with matters. It's not always necessarily about putting together an all-star team of the best talent and making top down and everything else because as long as you've got that as long as you've got that team chemistry and and, and you're good at your job, everything else is going to fall in line. Uh, and I honestly for a perfect example, why do you, why do you why do you think it wasn't no surprise now, it was to me in the very beginning, kind of, sort of, because who in the hell saw the 2020-21 Bengals going to the Super Bowl, but what, why, do you think they, why do you think they made it to the Super Bowl and, and, the, and how great of a season Burrow and Jamar Chase had, not just individually but together as a quarterback-wide receiver tandem? Why do you think that is? I don't believe in coincidences, people. Finally, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, fracturing his wrist out three months. Uh, I mean, th- this is my thought on it. You know, if I'm making, uh, if I'm making millions, and he's making over three hundred plus million dollars a year for for a decade plus, if it's me, and I'm a professional athlete getting paid handsomely, here's here's my philosophy. Unless I'm training in the off season or during the season to get my body better, whether it's to add muscle, slim down. Get myself, get you know, get get bigger, faster, stronger in the weight room. Unless I'm doing that, or doing baseball activity as far as fielding ground balls, throwing the ball to first base, fielding the ball off of a bunt, you know, hitting against the shift, uh, hitting the ball the opposite field, hitting the ball. Unless I'm doing, unless I'm doing baseball related activities or working out in the weight room or training or anything else of that along those lines. If I'm a professional athlete, outside of doing those two things. Practicing my sport and training in the weight room, I'm sitting my caucus. I'm sitting my caucus at my million dollar mansion, cold kicking it. That's what that's what I'm doing. Unless unless I'm training, 
unless I'm training, unless I'm practicing, I am not I am not doing any physical activity outside of the stuff that I got to do for my job as a professional athlete. I'm not doing any of that. Don't ask me to play pickup basketball. Don't ask me to, if I'm a baseball player. Don't ask me to throw the football around. Don't ask me to don't ask me to run around all over the yard tossing the frisbee with my dog. Don't ask me to, don't ask me to ride any motorcycles. No four wheelers. No dirt bikes. Nothing. I'm sitting my caucus at home unless I unless I'm training or doing baseball related activities. If I'm making the money that Fernando Tatis is making, I ain't riding no motorcycle. You forget it. I ain't riding. I ain't riding nothing. That if I crash or if I uh, somehow am disjointed off of the off of the open air vehicle, could severely injure me and land me in a hospital. I'm not doing that. I ain't playing basketball for me to tear an Achilles or tear an ACL. I'm not throwing a football around, frisbee with the dog. Playing tennis, all I'm doing, the first I'm doing is playing golf. Sit, golf, and sit my and sit my ass on the couch. That's it. I'm not doing anything that could jeopardize my career in in the terms of of having me sidelined and injured. Because if it's me, I'm not I'm not losing money and I'm not losing playing time of my career doing doing something I wasn't getting paid to do. Or doing something, or doing something dangerous that doesn't have a that doesn't have a uh, a uh, a positive outcome on the on the end of it, on the back end of it. Fernando Tatis getting paid the money that he's that he's getting paid. You know when he and his team collapsed in the second half of last year, he was arguing and going back and forth with Machado in the dugout. Uh, and having a disappointing season that he had last year, on top of the fact of him making missing a, a tremendous amount of time with injuries of his own, Fernando Tatis has got to grow up, mature, and know better. You're getting paid handsomely. You're the face of the franchise, one of the best players on paper on the team, and you're sitting up here screwing around riding motorcycles. I mean, come on now. We, we with great power comes great responsibility, Fernando. Come on. And I, again, fan of his. But you got to be honest. You got to. You can. You cannot be jeopardizing your health and jeopardizing your safety, farting around riding motorcycles. Can't do it. Breaks his wrist and he's out half the season. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's stupid, beyond stupid. Take a break. Give my. Uh, give you a couple of more thoughts on Brady. Close out the show. Back right after this.
Tom Brady's coming back. Just to give you a couple of uh, items to address. Um, just to give you a couple of items to address uh, as we close out the program here on this Saturday. Good for you. Thanks and special thanks and greatly appreciate you guys spending your weekend in the month of March with yours truly. Um, a couple things I got to address about Brady. First off, you know, I'm glad I'm glad on a couple of parts that he's back. You know, I understand people are like, you know, sick of Brady, you know, Brady fatigue. He's won too much, 44 years of age, been in the league 22, which I get that. I don't I don't disagree with because in the days where I was, you know, hating Brady's guts, I was in that same camp, I was in that same boat. So I understand of those that ne- that I'm, that don't necessarily hate him but are kind of a little tired of him and aren't necessarily waving the pom-poms with the TV12 stuff like yours surely has over the past year. I can totally get it and understand and don't disagree with people saying, you know, Brady, you're 44 years old, you know, all these young quarterbacks in the league and you somehow somehow some way find yourself to still be relevant, you know, attention seek attention stealer, diva. I get that. And I won't necessarily dispute that. Me personally, I'm glad he's back on two fronts. One. One. It gives me an opportunity to go out and see the GOAT play this season. That's the first thing. I told you guys when he retired back in back in February that one of my regrets is that I never got a chance to see the see the GOAT play in person. Well, that thank God can be out the window. He does not the rate when he plays the Ravens this year, it it is not um, in Baltimore, it's in Tampa, so I will have to try to find a way, and I do not think, I'm going to look it up right here, I do not think the Bucks play Washington uh, again in 2022 in um, at FedEx Field. Uh, let me see if I'm, as I'm pulling up their opponents right now. Uh, the closest they are, well, they play Pittsburgh, Carolina, these are their road games. Pittsburgh, Carolina are the two games that I could aim for going to that's close to home. Um, but they do play they do play my Bengals, the Ravens, of course, the Chiefs, the all the all of the I mean, look at the Bucks schedule. I mean, you mean to tell me right now that their games against Super Bowl champion Rams, the Bengals, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Ravens. And then their road games against the Browns, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Cardinals won't be on television. I mean, the only games I see that's not gonna that 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 won't be on TV, whether it be the 4:25 Sunday night, Monday night, or Thursday night that I'm looking at, the only games I I can, I see with Tampa that won't be on national television will be their uh, will be their divisional games. Their their home game against the Seahawks, and and uh, and Pit, and possibly Pittsburgh, with Mitch Trubisky, who won't exactly, you know, draw eyeballs to the TVs as uh, as Chris Russo loves to say all the time. But I mean, they got two. They got three games against the teams in the AFC that's going to draw a hell of attention. And Cincinnati, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, the two games against the Rams, the Rams and the Packers. Road game against the road game against the Cardinals, 
the Cowboys, of course, which is an automatic national TV game, you would imagine. I'd like to see that game played on Thanksgiving, to be quite honest with you, me personally. And against Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson, uh, if the, if they schedule the game after Deshaun Watson's uh, suspension is up, whatever that might be. But, you know, I have to find a way. Save up money, ask for it for a 20th birthday gift. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, you know what? I might, I might do that. I might ask for my 22nd birthday to the schedule. The schedule should be out by, I think, yeah, it'll, it'll be out by, uh, it'll be out by late May. Let's hope they don't stick that Bengal uh, Buccaneer game over in Germany, for God's sakes, knock on wood. But if they don't and they keep the game in Tampa, Brady versus Burrow won, which is one of the main reasons why I told you I was bummed up about Brady retiring because he, because Brady retiring took away Brady versus Burrow won. Um, that'd be a good birthday gift. Fly to Tampa down for the weekend. Hopefully it'll be in December so I can get away from the cold for a few days. Uh, and fly down to, uh, whether it be from here, South Carolina, wherever I'm going to school, uh, come the fall of 2022, 2023, and fly down to Tampa for Brady vs. Burrow at Raymond James. That'd be an excellent, excellent uh, the, the 20th birthday gift. Excellent. That that or if or if they play the Ravens around Christmas time, the family flies down and sees the Ravens play Tampa at Raymond James uh, 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 Brady versus uh, Lamar uh, matchup number two. And I'm also uh, what was the other reason? It was Brady versus Burrow and the fact and the fact that I could see Br- that there would be an opportunity for me to go see Brady play in person. Those are the two biggest reasons why I'm glad he's back. I can see Brady, Brady, Brady versus yeah, Brady versus Burrow. Uh, yeah, Brady versus Burrow one. Brady versus uh, Brady versus uh, Rogers five. Brady versus Mahomes six. Brady versus Jackson number two. And it has an opportunity for me to go see him play in person. Which I will I will have to travel to Brady and not have and, and not have the Bucks come to me uh, because uh, because of the fact that uh, that the that uh, the, that Tampa's uh, road that Tampa's home get, that Tampa plays the Ravens at Raymond James instead of up in Baltimore, which I don't like, but you know you know it it, it is what it is. It also Brady also coming back provides some uh, some stout quarterback playing the NFC with with Russell Wilson now joining the AFC with the Denver Broncos. You didn't have you know it was Staff it was again it was Stafford Rodgers and then it was everybody else. Now it's Brady Rodgers and Stafford and then everybody else. So you know and I don't think the Buccaneers would be perennial Super Bowl contenders, but. You at least have some stout quarterback playing the NFC to kind of sort of balance out the absolute gauntlet of quarterback play that you have over in the AFC. When the AFC, I mean, look, all the bad, you watch, all the bad teams this year are going to be in the NFC. You'll you'll probably be able to count on one hand the bad teams in in the bad, at least on paper heading into the season, the bad teams in the AFC. What, the Jets, the Jets, the Texans, the Colts, whether or not if they get a quarterback or not, it depends on Indianapolis. The Jaguars, and that's it, unless unless the Steelers, you know, crash and burn with Mitch Trubisky, I mean, or something unforeseen happens with all the with the other eleven teams in the AFC. Four bad teams. That's it. 
uh, in the in the AFC. All the other bad teams are going to be strictly in the National Football Conference at the end of the day. Speaking of the NFC, you know, I forgot also, Fox loves the fact that Brady's back too. All the CBS is going to have their hands full, you know, giving you giving you Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, uh, just, uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell. They're going to have their hands full. Meanwhile, Fox is stuck with you know Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and you what Kirk Cousins. I mean, uh-uh. so Fox loves the fact because they got the NFC package. They they got they're they lucky that they are going to have Brady on that Brady's back, so they can give you uh, the Bucks and Brady a little bit more. But even then, it might not. But even then, you know, their hands going to be tied because the because the Rams because the Rams, uh, Packers, and Bucks going to be on TV a ton. Outside of the uh, 425 Fox, they're going to be Thursday night at least. Thursday night at least once, and they're going to be on Sunday night and Monday night football on ESPN and NBC a handful of times this year. So throw that into the mix as well. The Q and A question of the episode, which you can only uh, see exclusive and have access to and respond to exclusively on the Amatelica TIS channel page on Spotify, Spotify.com, and on the Spotify app. And the question is as follows: Who's a better favorite to win the AFC, the Browns or the Vegas Raiders? And state why. Your Q and A of the episode. We will recap the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament on Tuesday's episode. Pray to God that the NFL free agency doesn't doesn't you know continue blowing up day after day after day. And I gotta you know put that off or work it in between these shows because I want to break down this NCAA tournament. But speaking of which, you guys enjoy it and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T I S. It's your boy Jai Shields. I will talk to you guys on Tuesday. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. See ya.